If you would, stand with me. It's our pattern around here to read from God's Word, and we're going to begin today walking through 1 Corinthians as we learn what it would look like to live a life centered on the cross of Jesus. You'll find the text in your notes, but also on the screen. Let's read together from 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Paul, called as an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will, and Sosthenes, our brother, to God's church at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus and called as saints with all those in every place who call on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God for you because of God's grace given to you in Christ Jesus, that by Him you were enriched in everything, in all speech and all knowledge. Thank you. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. So this city is booming. Entrepreneurial businesses are launching seemingly every week. The cultural arts are experiencing a, a renaissance. Uh, new expressions of art and, and the ability, the creative abilities of humans are on display all around. And there's also a renewed religious life as uh, new expressions of faith and convictions, uh, often at odds at each other, also are uh, touted and held up. And as often, often happens in the context of growing cities, you see the dynamics of wealth and poverty uh, living in close proximity to one another. And also, as is unique to those old founded cities, you have traditions and old patterns, ways of thinking and operating and doing, living and working right alongside of some new thoughts and new ideologies, new, new habits and practices. This is the dynamic of the city. And it's not just our city that I'm talking about. It's, it's actually this ancient city, the city of Corinth. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with the New Testaments, what we're, what we're doing today is beginning a time to study the Apostle Paul's letter to this ancient church in an ancient city called Corinth. Now, what you need to know, though, about this city is it's much like this one that, that, that we are in right now, Waco. And I know for all of you guests, your cities are different than ours, but uh, for the sake of our time today, we're going to think about what it means to serve in this city, in the city of Waco. And so Paul writes to this ancient city, which is similar to ours, and he, he's communicating to them some important truths about what it means for Jesus, the risen Messiah, to live and reign over everything. And I hope you noticed in these words that we read that he continues to come back to a particular word. It's the word called. Hear it again as we just look at it together. Verse 1, Paul called as an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will. Then in verse 2, to God's church at Corinth, to, the, Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus and called as saints with all those in every place who call on the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And then if we skip down to the end, verse 9, God is faithful. You were called by him 
into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. It was clear that Paul was intending to communicate to these ancient believers that the central truth for them was that God had done something decisive in calling them in Jesus Christ. And here's what I want you to know today, is that that truth still applies. God has called those who would trust in Jesus as their Savior and Lord, rely on Him to center and build their lives. God has called those people whom we call Christians to a particular place and time. In this particular context, it was Corinth, but for us, it is right here at the center of the city. In fact, Baptists have a, a long history of understanding the, the significance of place and their sense of calling. It's why Baptist churches will most often be associated with a place or a city. This is, what's the name of this church? Columbus Avenue. And for those of you who don't know, that street right out there, that's Columbus Avenue. That's where we got our name, from that physical street. Uh, down the road, there's a church called First Baptist Church of Waco, because it's associated with this city. Another church down in our community will be Harris Creek, associated with actually a physical creek. There's a church that is Highland Baptist Church, associated with the Dean Highland neighborhood. Across the country, you will see Baptist churches most often associating themselves with a physical location, a particular place, because of their sense that God called them to that place. This will be different as you look at your Episcopal and Lutheran and Catholic friends. Uh, their churches will often have the names of a saint, St. Alban, St. Matthews, St. Paul. There's a different sense of understanding about what the calling of God means to a particular place among us in our historical tradition. And that's, that's in effect what Paul was communicating here to the Corinthians he was saying to them as he sent this letter, God called you to this place for this time and for his purposes. And the same thing is true of us. Around here at Columbus Avenue, we've picked up a slogan, Columbus 365. It communicates that 365 days out of the year, this church is called to serve across the boundaries of geography because we reach people from every corner of this region. It's served to, to cross boundaries of economics as we live at the, the confluence of wealth and poverty. We're called to serve at a place that crosses bridges culturally and racially because we find ourselves in the center of a city that is increasing in diversity and, and we are called to serve people from all different walks of life. This is what it means for us to say we are called to be a church at the center of this city. And so we own our location. God has called us as a community to this place. But here's what I want you to know today. God has called you to the place where you live as well. Young adults, He's, he's called you to a place in your families and your schools, and he's put you there for his 
purposes. And what I want you to know is that, that as we think about what it means to be called by God as a church and for each of us individually, is that if this is true, it means we have to ask a different question about the place where God has called us. Here's, here's what I mean. In our, in our culture, it is quite common that the question we ask about the place we live is, what can I get from it? We think about this with our school districts. For those of you who are parents, we, we often will choose where we live based on what our children will get from the district. And if it's not going well, we just, we just move. We go find a different district. We move out there. We do the same thing with our work. As long as I'm, uh, I'm fulfilled and I'm satisfied and my work is going well, as long as I'm getting what I want from my work, then I'll stay there. And if I'm not, then I bail. Same thing with an institution. Uh, this uh, Baylor is one of the biggest ones around here. And so our, our thought is, hey, we want people to come here. And, and so we have students who will be thinking, as long as this institution meets my needs and I'm benefiting from it, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give to it and support it. But if not, then I'm, I'm out of here. Because the common assumption of our culture, the, the basic question that we are uncritically taught to ask is, what can I get from the place around me. And so we say the same thing, not just about our schools, but about our cities. Is my city doing what I want or I need? We ask it about our state and even our nation. Our culture is asking a question about how to relate to the world around it. And that question is, what can I get from it? But that's not the way that God postured his church. What God did was he said, I'm going to call a people out, out of darkness and into light. I'm going to save them by the power of Jesus Christ. And then I'm going to plant them in some of the darkest places around this world. And that means that if, if you and I claim to be followers of Jesus, if we claim to have a saving relationship with God through Jesus Christ, then we are called to a place, the place that you find yourself in is the place that God has called you to ask the question, not what can I get from this place, but rather how can I build this place for its good and the glory of God? You see the difference in the question that we must ask? And so, students, when you think about your school, the question is not just, what do I get from my teachers? What do I get from the, 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 uh, the organizations that are there? The question that you must think about and ask is during the short time that you are at your school, on your campus, what can you do to make it a better place and a more God-glorifying place? And families, when you think about your neighborhoods, your cities, your school districts, the question that you must ask if this is true, that God calls you to a place, is what can you do? 
to make it a better place than when you found it, a more God-glorifying place than when you arrived. And for all of us, from whatever city or town that he has called us to be in, we must ask the question, how do I build this place up for God's glory and their good? Because that's what God was doing in in sending Paul to plant churches all over the ancient world, churches that would associate with the place. He was teaching his pattern for bringing good to the world. And it would come as he called people out of sin and out of shame and out of darkness, and then he would plant them and make them agents of good. So if he has called you, you are that agent right where you are, in your home, in your neighborhood, in your school, in your work, in your city, in your state, in your nation. You are called by God for this time and this place to be agents for good, to make it a more God-glorifying place. That's why you are there. Now you may be thinking, how am I supposed to do that? What do I have to offer my school? What do I have to offer this city? What do I have to offer my school district? Well, there's some really powerful encouragement that comes from this Corinthian church. I don't know if you know this or not, but we're going to discover this as we walk over the next couple of weeks and study and learn from this letter. But, but this church that's, that Paul says is sanctified in Christ Jesus, that belongs to God, that, that is saints called by God, these are some big words that he's using, this church was a seriously messed up church. So just, let's just see that sink in for a second. This church had some serious problems, hence the letter that we're going to read and learn from together. He's going to have to address an issue with leadership among them because they couldn't decide who was going to be in charge, and they were constantly fighting. I mean, I don't know about some of you and how you do your your churches, but maybe you have business conferences or church conferences. Theirs were an all-out brawl because they couldn't decide who was going to be in charge and who was going to lead. But, but worse than that, even when they gathered together to have corporate worship like this, they couldn't figure out who was going to be in charge there either. The, the folks who wanted one kind of music argued with those who uh, wanted a different kind. The, the people who were involved in community ministries thought they were way more spiritual and closer to God than those who were involved in the children's ministry. I mean, these, these folks fought over whose ministry was better. It was all good work, but they fought over whose ministry was better. And, and what's worse, they, they even had some things going on in their church, some, some improprieties that even the pagans around them blushed at. And you know what the church did about it? Not a thing. They just kind of shrugged their shoulders and said, well, that's just the way people are. This was a messed up church, y'all seriously messed up. And yet, Paul says, you are called by God, 
sanctified. That is, you are set apart to be holy. You, are, you belong to God. You are God's church. How are those two things supposed to reconcile? Well, they reconcile in the cross of Jesus. Here again, what he says there at the end, verse 8, he, that is God, will also strengthen you to the end so that you will be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. You were called by him into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. You see what the Apostle Paul was, uh, was reminding these Corinthians? That, that despite the mess, morally and socially uh, and even, even theologically that they were, despite the mess that was their lives, there was a more foundational truth to them. Because God did not call them because they deserved it. He called them out of his gracious choice of them. And this is what gives us great humility and courage even today. Because that's still the way that God calls. He doesn't call you because you are the wisest or smartest or most powerful or most wealthy or most influential person in your community or in your school or in your neighborhood. That's not why he calls you. He doesn't call you because of your performance or because of your future capacity. It's not why he calls you. His calling is not dependent on you deserving it. It is entirely dependent on his gracious selection, his gracious choice of you. This is what Paul's reminding them when he says, you were called into fellowship with Jesus Christ. Remember Jesus? He's the one who would suffer the most humble and humiliating and painful of deaths. And then would experience the most glorifying and exalting resurrection and seating with God in the heavenlies. That's the guy whom you were called together with. And he did this not because you deserved it, but simply because he chose you to be joined with him. And this means that, that our lives, for those of us who are called by Jesus, must be marked by two realities at the same time. We must live lives that are marked by humility. Because we know that it's not because we're good, moral, religious, decent people that God called us. He called a whole lot of immoral people too. The Apostle Paul was one of them. He started off by saying he was called. Do you remember that guy? This is the guy that went around not just persecuting, but killing Christ followers. He was not a moral man. He was a murderer, but God called him. And that means that if you sit there thinking, well, I'm not a murderer, I'm not that bad, that's not good news for you. 
That means that you can't stack up your merits up against his and say, well, I'm better than him. I deserve this more. It's not how this works. No, if you are called by God, it is because of his gracious choice of you. And so there is no place for pride in this kind of a life. If the cross of Jesus is at the center, there's no place for pride. So we must live humble lives. But on the other hand, we must live courageous lives. Because when we find ourselves flawed and broken, uh, unable to hide the places in us that cause us so much shame, when we come face to face with the reality that we are not enough, that we don't deserve it, then we have great courage. Because his gracious choice of us is not on our merit, but on Jesus Christ's merit. And so you are safe in his hand. You are his child. You are his church because he graciously chose you. And so humility and courage is what marks out the life of the man or the woman who knows they are called by God. So if you claim the name Jesus today, then I just want to ask you to consider your own heart. Is it marked by humility and by courage? If not, what is it that you have put at the center of your life to build your sense of success upon? Because if it's the cross of Christ, then what happens is humility and courage. So if you don't find yourself experiencing humility and courage, then you need to ask the question, what have I built upon? Is it the approval of others? Is it my success in school or work? Is it the health and well-being of my family? What is it that you've built at the center of your life? Because if humility and courage are not the outflow of your heart, then something else is rooted there at the middle. And it won't be able to hold up the weight of this life. And frankly, for all of us, as we begin to move into the cities and towns and schools and neighborhoods that God has called us to be into, if we are not centered on the cross of Jesus then we won't be successful in pressing into those places, bringing about good and God's glory there. The only reason that the church of God can stay and continue to press in to dark places is because we're not basing our sense of success on what happens in those dark places. We are basing our sense of success on the calling of God to be there. And so we stay, even when it gets hard. We persevere when it seems like we're losing. We, we don't walk away when everyone else says you should just give up. No. Believers called by God into every corner of this city will stand with both humility and courage, knowing 
that their calling is secure because Jesus Christ still lives and still reigns and still sends his people all across the city, the state, the nation, and the world. God has called you. So stand with humility and courage. And today as we wrap up, it, it may be that, that some of you here or that are, are listening on television, you, you may be thinking, well, I don't know if God's called me. But what I want to say to you is that if, you are, if you're hearing me right now, then you can know that God's gracious calling is coming to you right now. God right now is calling you as you are hearing this to turn to his son Jesus Christ, the, the one who lives and reigns right now, and surrender your life to him, to build your life on him, and to trust yourself to him. And so the step to take today is to turn to him in prayer and say, God, I don't understand all of this, but I believe you're speaking to me now. So would you help me to trust you? If you do that today, I just want to ask that before you leave here, or if you would call on the television, but tell somebody that today you took that step to reach out to Christ Jesus and to build your life on him. And for all of us now, as we wrap up our time, what is it that sits at the center? What are you building your life on? God has called you. So go and build a life on Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we trust your word. We, we recognize that just like those people in Corinth, we're a mess. When we get still, we know that there's, there's nothing good in us that we can hold up to you. But we hear, we hear what you've said. That in Jesus you have sanctified us, made us pure and holy. In Jesus you have called us and sent us on mission. So would you cause our hearts today to rest in your word secured for us. We surrender ourselves to you now and ask that you would do your gracious work in us and through us such that more and more you would be glorified. We pray this in the powerful and good and sovereign name of Jesus Christ, our Savior.